Hello there, and welcome to Following the Truth. My name is Gary Zimek. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, I want to apologize that this show is late being loaded up. I had some family, some uh, extended family issues today. It was uh, something that I just couldn't avoid. We um, anyway, everything's fine, but it just delayed the uh, the recording of this for a little while. So. If you're if you were wondering where the show was, well, here's the answer. <laughs> I'm here, but I'm late. But at any rate, I am glad to be with you here as we are into maybe guess the halfway point, just about for week eight, day three of Give Up Worry for Good. Today's reflection is all about Abraham. Hey, this is a great story. I mean, you've heard the the story of Abraham. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about it today. But essentially, Abraham, when he's 75 years old, is promised many descendants by God. And now his wife was you know, about 10 years younger than him. So she was elderly as well. Um, and uh, when it comes to childbearing, let me, let me just rephrase, as somebody... <laughs> I'm saying that I'm saying, wait a minute, I don't like the way that sounds because I'm in my I'm in my 60s. Uh, I don't want to throw myself under the bus there. But but it was very unlikely that God would deliver on his promise, at least it, when you look at it in, in the eyes of, of common worldly belief. You know, this, this older guy, he's going to have descendants. Well, it took 25 years for God to finally fulfill his promise, which he did. And Abraham and Sarah had a son, and his name was Isaac. Well, a little while after that, I guess several years after that, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son in a test of faith. Abraham agreed. But you know, the amazing thing is, Abraham agreed, even though that son, it was his only son, that son was going to be the way that God's promise was fulfilled. The descendants would have to come through Isaac. But yet God's telling Abraham to sacrifice your son. Abraham did it. Abraham did it. And in today's reflection, we're going to look at why he did it. And, you know, this is, this is a disturbing story. It's when we hear this in the year 2021... This is an extremely disturbing story. Sacrifice your son? I mean, that means to kill him. What in the world is going on there? We'll chat about that today. Because I'm going to tell you, this is a great example of faith. We got to look at it properly, though. This is not, um, I mean, this is certainly a very unusual situation. So we'll talk a little bit about that and what we could learn from this idea of Abraham sacrificing his son, being willing to sacrifice his son, which, by the way, God did not allow him to do it, but Abraham was willing to do it. We'll talk about the value of obedience today and how it can bring us peace. Um, anyway, I am so glad that you're with me. I got a nice cup of coffee here. I'm going to take a sip of it. And I am ready to get started. Why don't we pray and then we'll get right on with the program, okay? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, thank you so much for being with us today. Father, we thank you for allowing us to be in your presence. We thank you for allowing us to address you with our needs. We know that you love us. We know that you care about us. We know that you are all-powerful, Father. Father, we also know that sometimes you ask us to do things that are difficult. 
You allow us to go through challenges that we might not understand. And sometimes we rebel against things that happen to us. But Father, we pray that we can understand better that everything that happens in our lives is permitted to, be, to happen by you. And that because you love us, even the difficulties, the challenges, and the problems of life are all designed to help us in some way. We pray that we're better able to accept that, even if we don't understand all the details. Father, we pray for our family, for our friends. We pray for all of those who have asked for our prayers. Father, I pray that you pour out your Spirit upon me so that I can deliver the message you have for me today, have for us today. And I ask that you open all of our minds and hearts to be receptive to your message. I ask these things in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That sounded pathetic, didn't it? Pray <laughs> the message you have for me. Well, he's got a message for me, but he's got a message for all of us, I would like to believe. Hey, uh, thanks for praying with me. My name is Gary Zimek, and you are listening to Following the Truth. If you're a new listener, or if you want to find out more about the work that I do, or maybe invite me to speak at your parish, my website is followingthetruth.com. That's followingthetruth.com. And um, I would love to be able to come to your parish to either give a, a Lenten parish mission, possibly, or maybe to um, to give a talk or a retreat. I do have some openings for the remainder of 2021, although they're, they, they are rapidly filling up. And actually, Lent of 2022 is getting very busy, too. But if you're interested, visit my website, followingthetruth.com, and uh, check it out. And I would be happy to uh, discuss with you how I could come to your parish. While you're there, make sure you sign up for my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, as well as take a look at some of the books that I have for sale. Um, all of my books are linked at the website. Um, anyway, that's followingthetruth.com. So so this Abraham story, you know, we're going to talk, and, I, and I, I like to be able to be very real with you. You know, that's why I like doing this show. I, I'm really thankful for your comments, and I, I think... From what you tell me, you like the fact that I'm real with you, that I'm honest with you, because that's that's the only person I can be. I mean, I'm I'm who I am. Um, I love Jesus, and I try to do my best to share him with anybody who listens to me, or anybody who reads my books or hears me speak at uh, at my uh, at my various talks. But the Abraham message is a difficult one. It is almost unimaginable to to wrap your brain around the idea of God asking a man to sacrifice, to slaughter his son. You know, now, certainly we go back several thousand years with this story. This is um, thousands of years before even the Lord Jesus was born. So I'm talking about at least 4,000 years, I think, when Abraham was alive. It was a different culture then. And the idea of sacrifice, it's not what it is now. I mean, you know, it was, certainly it was, um, it was a more primitive culture. So the, the idea, as, as atrocious of an idea as it is to sacrifice another human being, it was, if you can understand this, maybe a little less atrocious back then. And, and you have to remember, these, these Bible 
stories, I call them stories, but they're real incidents, they occurred at a specific point in history. So we look back and we're appalled by this, but anybody reading the account of this earlier than, you know, in, in the past, maybe wasn't as appalled. You know, you know, so once you get over the, the, um, the astonishment factor at this story, there, there's a really powerful message here. Essentially, what we have is somebody whose faith is so strong that he was willing to trust God even when God asked him to do something radical. And, and I think that's the best way to look at this story of Abraham and Isaac. And, it, and it's also important to, to remember some of the details. Abraham was promised many descendants by God. So this is, and, and you know, this is, God has promised many things throughout the pages of the Bible. He's never failed to fulfill any of those promises. So he's good for his word. And I think that you and I, as people who might tend to be anxious, who struggle with maybe hope for the future at times, right? It's important for us to know that if God promises something, we can count on him. So for instance, when Jesus said, I will be with you until the end of time, we can trust that he's telling the truth. If he says, ask and you will receive, we can trust that if we pray for something, we will receive something. Maybe not exactly what we want, but we will get what's best for us. Jesus said it. So based on faith, obviously, but also based on the examination of the facts, that God just doesn't lie and he always comes through, we can we can put our trust in him in, in a way that doesn't um, go against reason. You know, it's reasonable to trust God. I guess that's what I'm saying. So Abraham was promised many descendants. He was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And several years later, God said, okay, Abraham, now I need you to sacrifice your son. And you might think, well, how in the world could Abraham go along with such a crazy idea? Well, the reason is, is because he trusted God. And the verse today is from the letter of the Hebrews, letter to the Hebrews. It's Hebrews eleven nineteen, And this is the reason why God, why Abraham was able to willingly sacrifice his son. Hebrews eleven nineteen says he considered that God was able to raise men even from the dead. So what we, what we know here by looking at the inspired word of God in the letter to the Hebrews, we see that Abraham believed that if God was asking him to sacrifice his son, even if he did it and, and, and Isaac died, Abraham believed that Isaac would be raised from the dead or could be raised from the dead and those descendants would still come forth from Isaac. Now, we all know the story, or if you don't, the story is that Abraham was stopped at the last minute by the Lord from sacrificing his son. He was told, no, don't go ahead with it. And he didn't. Now, you might think, well, why in the world would God ask him to do such a crazy thing? Well, it was to test his faith. And again, don't get hung up because it's just going to drive you crazy in some of the details because there's a point to these stories. 
And the point is that is that and, and the point that relates to us. So so to just kind of put it in some real language, um, one of the one of the main lessons that we can learn from this is that God tests our faith. That's how our faith grows. So when he gives you a difficult situation or even in what we would consider maybe an impossible situation, it provides an opportunity to trust him. When you pray for somebody who has been diagnosed with cancer, terminal cancer, and it really doesn't look good for them, you are exercising your faith. And that's one of the main ways that faith grows. We should always pray for faith, but faith grows. God decides, he chooses to allow our faith to grow through the exercise of that faith. And here's what I think. This is similar to when we exercise a muscle. We're doing some kind of weightlifting, right? I did weightlifting years ago when I was younger. And the idea is that you break down the muscle and then it grows back stronger. It's the same thing with faith. The more we exercise our muscle of faith, right, the stronger our faith grows. And God will give us these challenges. And I know sometimes it's um, it's easy to look at this and get angry with God. Like, I can't believe he has to test my faith. What's he trying to do? And that's, that is something that can be an obstacle for many people. Because if we, we often view God as we do one another. And if any human being would test me like that, I would probably take offense. It reminds me of a time when I was um, when I was working. I was working for the federal government. I was a software developer many, many years ago. And um, we had a consultant that worked with us. So the, the federal government, I worked for the Department of the Navy. They hired a consultant who was working alongside some of the, the, the developers who were employed by the Navy. And he, he was working with us side by side. He was helping us. He was teaching us. Well, one day we had um, we had some damage to our files. A major database was damaged, and we had to go as as part of the team that was responsible for maintaining these these computer files. We had to go and restore it, and this was a, a long process. We had to get backup tapes. We had to go through a lot of jump through a lot of hoops to to make sure that these files could be restored. And it literally took us like twenty four hours to do it. It was around the clock. We couldn't go home. We were there. I remember I was there for 26 hours straight. And you can imagine we were exhausted by the time we finished. So uh, my coworkers, my coworkers were really, really exhausted and uh, not in a good mood. Okay. And the, the, this consultant that was hired, he was hired from a consulting firm. He didn't work for the government. He was working side by side with us and he was helping us to restore these files. So at the end, right, when we were all finished, we wanted to figure out what happened. Did somebody do something to corrupt the files? You know, you got a lot of software developers writing programs, and it's it's potentially possible that somebody made a mistake and caused this damage. And we wanted to know, like, okay, now that we fixed it after, this was a big problem. What we can do to, uh, let's find out first who did it if we're able to. And there's there's reports you can run to try to figure out who accessed the files. Well, I remember running the report. Now, this is after 26 hours 
people not going home, staying there all night, working feverishly to try to get these files restored, run this report, and the user ID responsible was the real it was the user ID for the consultant who was working side by side with us to fix things, right? And I remember I was the guy who ran the report and I turned him. Now I'm I'm pretty dense and I guess by that point my brain is fried. And I remember turning to him as I ran this report and I said, Mike, this is weird. It says it was your user ID who damaged the files. And he looked at me and he said, you caught me. <laughs> and and this was, and, and it turned out after we, after I was in shock, like, what? What do you mean you, you, we caught you? What are, what are you talking about? He said, well, your management hired me to destroy these files. Now, you know, they, they knew there was backups. They knew how to fix things and see how you guys would respond. And you did a good job. Well, I, I think I was still stunned and just glad that I was happy to go home. But one of my coworkers was livid when he found this out. And he went into our boss and he said, how can you do this? How can this guy pretend and do this to us? And you didn't trust us? And, you know, th- it was a government thing and it was a big deal that some higher up, one of the, it, was, it was a military uh, database, one of the higher ups, uh, somebody in the in the military said, it's a good idea that we test to see if these men can restore the files. I, I mean, not a bad idea, but man, what a sneaky way to do it. And there was a lot of anger that this guy, Mike, who was working side by side with us, actually didn't tell us the truth. And he caused the problem to see if we could fix it. So in other words, he was testing our abilities. When we look at God, the idea of God testing our faith, if we look at him as we do one another, that's a pretty offensive idea. But in order to understand this, we have to look at God and who he is and what he knows and how much he loves us. And we have to look at us and how often our pride and our stubbornness get in the way of God taking us to the next level of faith. He wants us to have greater faith in him. But a lot of times we're not willing to do that. We're not willing to walk to the edge of the cliff and have God say, okay, take the next step, knowing that he'll catch us. A lot of times we are not willing to take that step off the cliff, but that's what he needs in order to help us to grow in faith. And that's what's happening with this episode in the life of Abraham. God had to get him to the next level of faith because Abraham, and if you look throughout his history, it begins in, I think it's chapter 17 of Genesis, I believe it's 17. I don't have my Bible handy, but it's it's toward the, um, somewhere, not quite in the middle of the, but, but it's in the teen chapters of the book of Genesis. Abraham was, he struggled. Abraham did not always have such a strong faith. True, when God first called him, Abraham um, responded. I, I think actually it might be he, uh, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, I probably should look that up. I don't want to give you bad information. But I, 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 the, the important thing is to remember that God wanted to work with Abraham. Abraham did not always have this, this strong faith. When God first called him, Abraham responded. But there were times throughout the book of Genesis when we see Abraham 
sometimes doubting God, sometimes doubting them. God, it is chapter 12, by the way, Genesis chapter 12 is when God first calls Abraham to leave his homeland. And he, and he goes, but there were some, there were some pitfalls along the way, some slip ups. But Abraham gradually grew to trust God more and more up until the point where he was going to believe God. God's saying, you slay your son. Abraham believed that, well, if he's telling me to do it, somehow God's going to make this work for the good because he promised me that I would have many descendants and they're going to come through Isaac. So I know that for the descendants to come through Isaac, Isaac doesn't have any kids yet. Somehow he's got to resurrect him from the dead. And that's why Abraham did what he did. He believed that God was good for his word. Now, when we look at that kind of faith, we, we can sometimes get discouraged. And I look at Abraham and I think, man, my faith isn't that good. I don't know if I would trust God like that. And, and the, the problem is when our faith is not strong enough and we don't trust God, then what we can do when some sort of a difficulty comes in our life, into our life, like a bad medical diagnosis or a problem in a relationship or, you know, financial difficulties, whatever it may be, when that problem arises, then we often don't trust that God will somehow give us what we need to get through it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have allowed it to happen. We don't trust him enough because our faith is weak. And therefore, we turn to worry. And, and you know, that is a, it's, that's bad for a number of different reasons, mainly because it's unpleasant. It's not going to bring us peace, but also because it takes us away from the Lord. It hurts our relationship with them. In order to have a good relationship with God, you have to trust him. So that's where the whole faith thing is is really important. So how, how do we get there? How do we get to that Abraham-like faith? Well, we're not going to get there overnight. Most of us are not going to have be willing to trust God to such a, 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 an extreme level all at once. It takes a little time, and we do it gradually. And what I would say is, whatever you've got in, in your life today, whatever problem you have, and especially if you are at the point of giving up. You know, I prayed for this for so many years. I'm not going to pray for it anymore. It's just not going to turn out. I'm going to encourage you to keep going until God says no or until you come to the realization. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will change your heart and make you realize that, oh, I don't really want what I'm praying for anymore. I don't think it's necessarily good for me. Then it's okay to stop praying. But I will encourage you to keep praying for whatever it is you need. When God wants to say no, he's going to say no. I've, I've been down this road many times. When he, when he has decided that something is not good for you and he wants to say no, he'll make it clear. That no will be clear. And I think it's critical for us. It's critical for us to... Be willing to trust God enough to keep praying in spite of how we feel. You know, you might not feel it. You might be looking at whatever it is you're praying for and thinking, I do not feel this is possible. This seems hopeless to me. That's fine. Your feelings are your feelings. You you don't have to follow your feelings. Your actions don't have to follow your feelings. So when you feel like that, right? This will never work out. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how God can fix this. But I'm going to choose to trust God. I'm going to pray about this problem. 
instead of worrying about it. In doing so, you exercise your faith because that's an act of faith. You have faith that God can help you in some way. And then when he answers, either by granting you exactly what you asked for or something different, or maybe keeping things the same and changing your heart, you know, that's a, that's a reasonable answer to prayer as well. You're praying for a situation to change, your circumstances to change so that you won't worry anymore and you'll be at peace. But what happens if the circumstances don't change and the Lord just gives you the peace anyway? That's another valid answer to prayer. So in order for that to happen, in order for God to answer your prayer so that you can say, wow, he answered my prayer, in order for that to happen, you have to ask, you have to have faith that God can do something. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do today. We all have those problems that just about look hopeless. And when we look at them, we think there is no way I can imagine this ever working out. Well, when you pray about things like that, God can do great things there. He often doesn't answer those prayers immediately. Sometimes it takes a while. But are you willing to have faith in him to keep praying even when things aren't looking good? Little by little, when you pray like that, your faith will grow to the point where you can trust him in a similar way, not quite to the extent of sacrificing your son, but trust him in a similar way to the way Abraham trusted. And that kind of faith brings great peace in life. Because when you have that kind of confidence in God's ability to come through in the clutch, then there's nothing to be afraid of. And then you can really be at peace. So I encourage you, whatever it is in your life that you're praying for, or maybe something you're not praying for, that just looks hopeless, I'm going to encourage you to do that, to take that leap of faith and pray for it to come out tonight. Whatever it may be, Lord, fix this problem in the way, whatever way is best. Fix the problem. All right? Well, I want to thank you for listening to me today for uh, on, on following the truth. Uh, God willing, I'll be back with you tomorrow. Again, I'm sorry this program got loaded up late, but I wanted to make sure that we did get it to you. Tomorrow we'll continue our week devoted to looking back, to looking back at all the great things God has done throughout history, looking back so that we can what look forward with confidence. If he did it before, he can do it again. That's the message, okay? Have a fantastic night. If you need anything, please email me at Gary at followingthetruth.com. And God willing, I look forward to being back with you here tomorrow for another episode of Following the Truth. Bye-bye now.